Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your hearts on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, a priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined us on the Ordinary Time 25. St. John Cantius was a Polish priest who was a college professor back in the 1400s, and along with his incredible intellect, he was also a man of profound humility and profound holiness. And on one particular day, he was traveling on foot from one village to another, making a short journey, when he was accosted by some robbers who beat him up and stole the money bag that he had around his neck. Afterwards, they threw him to the ground and demanded, do you have anything else, anything else on you? And he said, no, 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 you've taken everything. And so they left him and went off down the road. So he kind of stood up, dusted himself off, and started heading back on his journey towards the other city. But he didn't get very far when he realized, he just remembered, that he actually did have a little pouch of money that had been under his clothes that he had forgotten about. And so immediately he turned around and started running after the robbers, and he overtook them. And he said, please forgive me. I, I told you erroneously, I do have more money. Here, take it. And he hold, held out the money bag to them. Well, the robbers were so shocked and amazed by this man's integrity that they immediately gave back everything they had stolen and they left with their heads hanging in shame, recognizing just their wickedness in contrast to this man's great honesty and integrity. These really should be two of the great virtues that every Christian excels in, honesty and integrity. And the two are related, but slightly different. Honesty means truthfulness in our words, and integrity means truthfulness in our actions and in our life. And both of them are necessary because as Christians, we follow Jesus who calls himself the truth. When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. After all, scripture calls Satan the father of lies. And so as Christians, we must not live in the lies, but live according to the truth. However, this weekend, we had one of the more challenging gospels where it seems like Jesus is complimenting a dishonest steward. Well, what is that all about? Is Jesus trying to say that it's okay to be dishonest in certain circumstances? Well, no, let's dive into that. So I read a number of different commentaries on this passage, and I think the one that makes the most sense to me is that both the master and the steward were both dishonest, and they were practicing what's known as usury. And usury is a very technical term from the Old Testament, meaning charging exorbitant interest on a loan. This was expressly forbidden by God in the commandments. And you could see the exorbitant interest, right? There's that man that owes 50 bottles of olive oil, and now he owes an extra 50 because of this interest. And there's a guy with 80 measures of wheat and an extra 20. This is a ridiculous amount of interest. And so when the steward realizes that his job is being eliminated, he knows that the only thing for him to do is now to right the wrong that he himself had perpetrated, to get rid of this usury. And so he takes these debtors in and takes off the interest that was so ridiculous and so against the Jewish law that it would have been sinful for, for them to be charged that amount. Now, in doing so, the steward knows that he himself is going to get less money, but he did it because there was going to be a greater good coming from it, that he would be welcomed into the homes of these debtors, that his reputation would be restored, he would be thought of well, and hopefully get a a job in the future. And so what Jesus is complimenting is not the man's dishonesty, but rather that the man would be willing to give up a very small benefit, that extra cash, for a much greater benefit having the blessing of a future full of hope. And Christ takes that as a parallel to us and says we must use wisely the lesser kinds of goods here on earth, the riches, the pleasures, the possessions, in such a way as to pursue the truest good, which is everlasting life in Christ and having Jesus dwell within us. That is what we should pursue, and that is precisely what the virtue of integrity is all about. 
Because integrity orders our life towards the greatest good. And it orders our entire life, every aspect of our life. That means that we do our work for Christ and for his glory. Our romantic life is in accords with God's beautiful plan. Our recreation gives him glory. Our school life and our studies are done for his praise. Even our internet presence is infused with the glory of God. And so integrity means that every last aspect of our life is oriented towards that greatest good, no matter what the sacrifice. Integrity means that we're the same person on Sunday morning at church as we are on Monday morning at work or on Friday night when we're with our friends. It means that we're the same person with our grandma as we are with our football buddies. We are one person because we are completely given over to Christ. I think it's easy to sometimes see the virtue of integrity as opposed to its contrasting vices, which are duplicity or being two-faced. But the great American author, Nathaniel Hawthorne, had a great insight into duplicity. He said, No man for any considerable period can wear one face to himself and another one to the multitude without finally getting bewildered as to which may be the true one. It's very true. If you have one face for one situation and another face for another, eventually we're going to get confused as to which is which. An older friend of mine used to have a great saying. He would say, I can see right through you, plastic man, when someone was living a life of hypocrisy. In other words, our faith is only skin deep if it doesn't penetrate to the very depths of our being. And we're just kind of plastic. You know, we're not really authentic, authentically human. You know, my vocation was really sparked by a priest who was living a life of profound integrity. His name was Father Michael Sliney, and he was a legionary priest who ran a number of retreats for high school boys when I was in high school. And we would go to these retreats, and we, I loved coming mainly because of the sports. We'd play soccer and football and, and every sport known to man. And Father Michael was one of the best athletes I've ever met. I mean, I could be a freshman, sophomore in high school, and he'd be running circles around us. You know, he, he had the ball control like Lionel Messi. I mean, this guy was absolutely incredible at every sport. And he had this hunger of competition, too. He didn't care that we were high schoolers. He was willing to take us on and to beat us in whatever sport we played. So one day, we were all out there on the retreat, and all of the boys were out playing soccer. We were all out on the field, and I could see Father Michael standing by the side of the field, and he had this hungry look in his eyes, this glint of like, oh, I want to get out there. I want to show them how it's done. I want to win. And then he did something surprising. I saw him turn away, start to walk down the path, and pull out his rosary and start praying the rosary walking away from us. Now, he did that thinking that no one saw, but I saw it. And I remember thinking to myself, that man loves Jesus Christ more than anything else in the world. I want to be like that man. Integrity is who you are when no one's looking. So Jesus says something interesting, though, is the reward of integrity in today's gospel. He talks about how if we are trustworthy, in other words, if we're men and women of integrity, he will give us true wealth. What does that mean? Well, that means that God has incredible gifts he wants to give us. He wants to give us times of intimacy and prayer. He wants to give us every virtue. He wants to give us great works. He wants to do miracles in us and through us. But he can only do that if first we are men and women of integrity. St. John Vianney tells a story about seeing a saint one day, having a, or about a saint who had a vision of Jesus one day. And Jesus was standing behind the priest as the priest was distributing Holy Communion. And, and the saint could see like rays of light coming from Jesus' hands. And they knew, he knew that this was the gifts that God wanted to give to those who received communion. But Jesus couldn't give them out to too many souls because not that many people received our Lord with total integrity, with their whole heart. A lot of them had divided hearts, were duplicitous, two-faced. 
And so God had all these great gifts he wanted to give, but he couldn't give it. This coming week, we celebrate the great feast of St. Padre Pio, one of the great saints of our church. And he had some amazing mystical gifts, right? You know, he had the stigmata, which are the wounds of Christ on his hands, feet, and side. He had the gift of, of reading souls. He would be able to know what somebody was going to say in confession before they even said it. And he had the gift of bilocation. On multiple occasions, many witnesses saw him in two separate locations at the same time. He'd be in the chapel praying, and he'd also be three villages away bringing communion to a sick person. And that's, that's an incredible, remarkable gift. But if God gave me that gift of bilocation, probably one of me would be scrolling through Facebook and the other one would be eating ice cream, right? So God's not going to give us these spiritual gifts if we don't use them well. And that's why he looks for men and women of integrity in order to give his greatest gifts. So today, my challenge for you is this. Consider how well do we live that virtue? Are there areas of our life that we have not yet yielded to Christ? Are there ways in which we live differently in different circumstances or with different people than we would like to live as a true follower of Jesus Christ? And how can we invite Christ into these parts of our life that perhaps we have not yet yielded to his kingship? My friends, there should be no more plastic men and women. Let us instead be men and women of integrity, Christian not just in name, but in reality, through and through.